Welcome to the Veterans Club Podcast, a production where veterans and community meet and thrive. We talk with veterans about their life and military service and to veterans organizations about their community service efforts. With your help sharing these episodes, we can reach more people and change more lives. Thank you for tuning in and thank you to our veterans for their service to country and community. Welcome to the Veterans Club and a new year. Wow. 2023 is shaping up to be a challenge for people in general and, well, veterans specifically. Heck, just the cost of eggs is forcing some purchase decisions we did not believe we would have to make just a couple years ago. In today's episode, we're going to talk with a county veterans services coordinator about county services available in northern Idaho. While Tom is from Kootenai County, this episode really applies nationwide to all 18 million plus veterans who find themselves struggling. While a county veterans services organization may not be able to help you purchase a dozen eggs, they can help you get connected to your community. They can be a, a jumping off point. Before diving into the interview with today's guest, I. I want to send a shout out to today's episode sponsor, Zenith Exhibits. Zenith Exhibits provides voiceover production for commercials, corporate training videos, telephone auto attendance, company audio newsletters, and podcast production. To learn more about Zenith Exhibits, please visit www.zenithexhibits.com or call 208-209-7170. They also provide the production service costs for the Veterans Club production and website. If you have or know of a business who might need audio production services, please consider referring Zenith Exhibits. With me in studio today, I have the Director of Veterans Services for Kootenai County, Tom Freeman. Tom, thank you so much for taking time to talk with us today. Thank you, Ed, for having me here. So Tom, let's first start a little bit about you. What, what branch of the service did you serve in? How many years? Yada, yada, yada. Well, I uh, served in the United States Marine Corps proudly, along with the rest of my family. Uh, my dad is retired with 30 plus years of service, uh, Marine veteran, Vietnam veteran. And uh, my son served six years in the Marine Corps. And my brother, uh, he did not go to the Marine Corps route. He served 30 years in the Coast Guard. As for myself, I served 30 years of active duty in the Marine Corps. Wow. Well, thank you for your service. That's fantastic. Uh, why Idaho? I, I don't remember seeing a Marine base here in North Idaho. How did, did you settle here? I don't think there are any Marine bases uh, north of uh, the cold line, whatever that is called. Right, right. Uh, uh, most Marine bases are either on the coast or in warm, uh, hot, dry, or hot, sweaty places. So. Uh, you will see occasionally Marines uh, training in cold weather areas such as Norway, and, and we have actually a cold weather train area in California. But uh, to answer your question, uh, as I retired from the Marine Corps, I was working in the healthcare industry in California for a few years and uh, grew tired of uh, California, even though I was stationed there, and had some friends moving up this way. This is actually, as most Idaho people know, this is a very popular place. Uh, for retirees and semi-retirees. So 
had friends that moved up here and uh, followed them up here, uh, wanted them to help them move and fell in love with the area, went back, quit my job and moved up here. Wow. <laughs> it, it, it was that inspiring for us too. So let's, let's talk about the veterans services, the County veterans services program, mm-hmm. uh, big picture. What, when did it start? Why did it start? I can't tell you when exactly it started. It's been here for, uh, I would say, at least 20 or more years for Kootenai County. And uh, county service officers serve at the pleasure of the elected officials, the county commissioners. So, so this position has been funded for as long as I know, at least 20 years or longer. And this isn't the only veteran services county i mean this we have these kind of services throughout the united states right oh uh, we do uh many counties do not have veteran service officers as well probably the majority of the counties that do have veteran services are the ones that are uh high in population of veterans and and their families uh for instance i believe there are 44 counties in idaho and we are the second kootenai county is the second most populated uh county in veterans uh we uh, the numbers get muddled due to the high growth but we're somewhere between 16 and 20,000 veterans in Kootenai County second to Ada wow and that's out of 30 some thousand veterans who live in the North Idaho region right yeah in the panhandle we estimate there's probably somewhere in, in the neighborhood of 30,000 veterans not including their families there there are a lot of uh uh surviving spouses that are also living in this area that are you know hard to you know, count. So our, our mission uh, boils down to this is to honor, respect, support, advocate for uh, veterans and their families residing in Kootenai County. Uh, that's, that is our main focus. Um, I, am, I am hired by the Kootenai County residents through uh, the pleasure of the, the county commissioners who fund our, our department. But I do, uh, do assist other veterans in, in the, the region here in the panhandle and then we do have advocates that are funded by the state of Washington on their side of the border. So I, I try to try to allow Washington to take care of themselves. And then I focus on Kootenai County and then on occasion, those who, who live in the panhandle. What should a veteran expect from the county veteran services? There is a long laundry list that I came prepared with, but I don't think anybody wants me to read a big list. Uh, but our services vary widely, but to, if I was to neck it down, our, our primary function is uh, disability claims. Uh, you know, we are accredited uh, office through the National Association. And uh, so our, our, our bread and butter is, taking, is doing claims, disability claims to be specific. I want to talk a little bit about um, burial and survivor benefits because I, I know that that's uh, you, you guys provide some assistance with that. Can you can you tell the listener a little bit about what you do in those areas? Yes. Uh, so for burial benefits, uh, when a veteran passes away, all veterans uh, have benefits, or or should I say, the family has benefits for for their veteran who is passed on. Every veteran has non-monetary benefits. Every veteran rates a headstone or markers for their gravesite and and a flag from the United States government, uh, presidential certificates honoring their service. They can order as many of those as they want. And then also um, honors. So we have local uh, veterans who provide honor guard services uh, for funerals. How does a survivor go about requesting these assistance? 
So like many veterans benefits, they're, they're a little fragmented. Some of those benefits are accessed through uh, the funeral home. Uh, and some of those benefits are accessed through the cemetery. The cemetery, most cemeteries will assist with getting the headstone and the markers. Uh, the funeral homes are usually very good at providing the flag and helping out with the certificates and linking uh, families up with the honor guards that are in the area. Now, I talked about non-monetary benefits. Now, I, earlier in the podcast, I mentioned that I'm a claim specialist. So when we start talking money, that's when they've got to come see me. So we can. So for veterans who are have a disability, then there are monetary benefits that are involved. Uh, generally speaking, uh, for a veteran who has any type of disability and not necessarily 100%, there's a $300 burial benefit and about a $700 plot benefit. Now, if a veteran is 100% disabled, and I'm not going to go into all the particulars, the family may be uh, eligible for a one-time payment of $2,000, which includes uh, what I just talked about, the three and the $700 for the the funeral cost and the plot. That's uh, pretty much it in a nutshell for for burial benefits. Now for survivor benefits, I, I touched on this briefly earlier as well. If a veteran is disabled and passes away from a service-connected condition or contributes to his passing or her passing away, then uh, the surviving spouse is eligible for what's called dependency and indemnity compensation. And that can pay up to fifteen hundred, pays about fifteen hundred dollars a month, and and up to close to nineteen hundred dollars a month, depending on some certain circumstances. Uh, another survivor benefit is uh, the pension. Again, uh, that was mentioned earlier in the podcast as well. The pension can assist wartime veterans and their spouses with uh, aid in attendance in an assisted living or in-home care. That can be up to about $2,400 a month for a veteran and about $1,300 a month for a surviving spouse. As we've got some of these younger veterans who've returned from uh, the Gulf War, mm-hmm. you know, some of them might want to um, get some additional education. Is that a service that your, your uh, uh, veterans community service can help with? Yes, uh, that is one of the services that would be, would be a referral service for myself. Uh, so the two biggest resources that I use for education are obviously our local NIC. We have two veterans representatives over there, Keisha and Greg, and uh, they do a great job taking care of our veterans here in the area and specifically the ones that are going to enroll in the school. Uh, so if a veteran is considering going back to school, I'd recommend that they they get a hold of our advocates over at the college. I'll, oftentimes, I will also refer veterans to the 1-800 numbers that the, the VA has for education, where they can talk about you know their benefits as far as monetary benefits, so they can see how those monetary benefits can be applied to the type of school or vocation that they would like to get into. One other benefit for being a veteran, especially for our disabled veterans, if their disability doesn't allow them to continue with their current type of employment that they have come accustomed to. Let's say they're a truck driver and they're unable to perform those duties anymore as a truck driver because of their service-connected disability. The VA has funds available to help them retrain and go into another occupation. 
Gotcha. And and what other services do you have veterans drawing on? We do a lot of referral services. So people call us as a point of information. They don't know where to go to find a particular benefit. And oftentimes they can't describe the benefit they're looking for. So they, they tell us the story and, and we glean the need from the story. And then we connect the veteran with uh, the benefit. From a disability standpoint, what what are some of the challenges veterans face when they start working with you? Uh, the biggest thing is just not having evidence to support their claim. Because uh, what I do is a, we talk healthcare all day long, but what I do is not a healthcare function. It's um, it essentially boils down to putting in a claim for disability is a an administrative legal process and so that's where my accreditation comes in and uh, so trying to find the evidence to support the veterans claim is often the biggest challenge and i'll give you an example veterans served uh, in vietnam and uh, there's no record of them serving in vietnam or they are blue water navy sailor and there's no record of their ship coming within the 12 nautical miles, making them eligible for Agent Orange herbicide presumptive conditions. So then, you know, we've got to produce that evidence in order to continue on with the claim. What is the typical entry point for a veteran? How do they get connected to you? Uh, there's many different resources. Our, um, our veteran service organizations, for one, uh, the county, we have a website word of mouth uh, in the county uh, a lot of the veterans who come to us are word of mouth i think we provide good services so we get good feedback in the community and that uh, good feedback spreads and so when somebody starts talking i i'm a veteran and i'm trying to figure out how to get help they immediately say hey call call veteran services tom and jessica they'll know what to do we got a lot of veterans who just finished up service in Iraq and Afghanistan and some of them are younger they don't mm -hmm. they don't necessarily have an obvious disability mm -hmm. but they're uh, they're wanting to get connected to the community is your office a place that they would turn to for that kind of I don't know if I'd call it networking but but connectivity assistance. Uh, absolutely. Uh, I just mentioned earlier, we work very closely with the veteran service organizations. Our veteran service organizations um, are, are grassroots. They, all their posts and legions, they're all here uh, locally and uh, without our, our local populace of veterans and, and their family members, those organizations can't run and provide services to their fellow veterans and fellow families. So somebody who had just come back from Afghanistan, their late twenties, early thirties, and they're they're just wanting to to uh, you know build some connection with other veterans. What's your first thing? What are you going to do with them? Well, I'm going to give them a list of uh, the veteran service organizations that they you know would be interested in in the community, and plus other organizations. We we have uh, other organizations in the community that aren't directly uh, veteran related, such as the Rotary Club and uh, New Beginnings. New Beginnings has turned into a pivotal resource in the community, such as they're, they're equivalent to Goodwill in, in my opinion, but they do so much more for our veterans and they do a great service down there, providing resources and, and particularly material things to veterans who are in need. 
Yeah, they are a fabulous program. In North Idaho, recently just opened up a veterans uh, assisted living facility. Can you talk a little bit about that? Um, I can talk a little bit about that. I'm, uh, I belong to Idaho uh, Veterans Assistance League, otherwise known as IVAL. And IVAL is a support organization uh, that works hand-in-hand with, with uh, the Post Falls Veterans Home. Um, and if I could uh, correct you politely, Thank it's you. not an assisted living. Uh, it is a skilled nursing facility. So uh, there's um, there has been a misnomer going around that it is an assisted living and it is not an assisted living. And uh, we need to make sure we get that out there. Uh, so the the veterans home is just another resource for those veterans who are are disabled and unable to take care of themselves and where they need full-time assistance from a nursing staff. And hence, it's a nursing home. And it's the fourth uh, nursing home uh, for veterans that is opened up in the state. And for our listeners out there, they may not understand how a veterans home is organized. It it is a state veterans home that receives uh, funding from the federal government and some funding from the state government and then where the state and the federal government fall short, that's where the IVAL, the Idaho Veterans Assistance League, comes in. When I attend some of the, the veteran organizing meetings uh, from the service groups, and, and I know you're, you attend that on a regular monthly basis, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I've heard about um, you know, veterans who need help with home repairs or their car broke down and they they mm-hmm. they need some assistance with that that's that's not something that comes from your office per se um but getting the veterans connected with those kinds of services is there an online resource or is that require a phone call to you to get them connected uh that's a great question uh, those resources that you're talking about are 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 senior organization which we call the Kootenai County Veterans Council. Every uh, service organization such as the VFW, American Legion, DAV, um, they all belong to the Kootenai County Veterans Council and we meet once a month. Well during the month that we're not in session, all of us are busy um, networking with each other when a need arises to find resources to help a certain veteran or veteran family in need. For instance, um, I will get a phone call and uh, we have an elderly veteran who um, is in a wheelchair and can't get out of his driveway because there's too much snow. And um, we will send this out through the network of the Veterans Council to all of the members and say, is there somebody out there that can go over and snow blow this veteran's driveway so he can get his wheelchair into his wheelchair van and get to a doctor's appointment? And so, so that's one of an infinite amount of examples of how we use the Kootenai County Veterans Council network. I mean, that's an amazing, fabulous service. How does, how does a veteran get connected to that? How do they, how do they get plugged in? They get plugged into that by um, getting a hold of one of the organizations in the council. And uh, that organization will see a need and uh, triage the need, so to speak, and figure out if that's something that we need to, for lack of better words, blast out to the council. And uh, so using the example I used where a veteran needed his driveway cleared so he could get his wheelchair out, 
Um, so if, if the veteran contacted any of the organizations in here, they will, if they can't provide the resource themselves, that's their cue to send it to the council so the council can blast it out to the membership. So then belonging to one of the service organizations is kind of the prerequisite to get connected with that community. Uh, what are the service organizations? Uh, you, you mentioned VFW, American Legion, uh, Daughters of, uh, uh, or DAV. American Revolution. Yeah. yeah. yeah disabled. Yeah. There's yeah, like there, there's many VFW posts and Legion posts. So they're all represented there. So it, you know, the, there, there's, like I said, there's, I wouldn't, it's not infinite. There's roughly 30 organizations that, that belong to the council. And those are just Kootenai County right. organizations. So on your website, do you have information about the various service organizations that a veteran can get tapped into? There is one page on there that lists many of the veteran service organizations. Yes. Perfect. Perfect. What would you say to a veteran who's not quite sure you know, I didn't serve overseas, so VFW is not really the thing for mm-hmm. me. Um, where, how would you suggest a veteran approach getting in connected with a service organization? Well, the, the veteran's going to have to do a little bit of research on their own and try to figure out what what meets their needs and their time and their physical ability and 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 such as you know uh, new beginnings. New Beginnings oftentimes needs a lot of volunteers, and they can be very flexible when when their hours of operation, you know, to come down and work in the warehouse and help other folks out. Um, whereas somebody who works maybe a nine to five job, one of the typical uh, service organizations, whether it be the VFW, American Legion, DAV, they typically meet in the evening. So, so they'll have to do a little research and figure out what organization is going to match like I said, their abilities and their time to provide, um, you know, to be a member of. From a standpoint of the county charter, how is your success measured? What is, what are the matrix that are used to, to determine that you guys are making a difference? Well, I put out an annual report that is on uh, the Kootenai County Veterans website, and that annual report shows the numbers of veterans uh, that we serve and in, and in some metrics on there. But it's very difficult to really nail down um, metrics for this type of work. I received dozens of phone calls, or my office, Jessica and I, we're a team of two, and uh, we receive lots of phone calls during the day. And there are lots of conversations that have outside of work. Uh, for instance, I was at the gym on Saturday and uh, uh, a fellow Marine veteran said, hey, I need you to talk to this other fellow Marine veteran that I met at the gym. So that ensued a 30 minute conversation around a particular machine at the gym. And uh, so you can't necessarily quantify that you know how how do i put that on a report that i spent 30 minutes with with a veteran saturday at the gym uh we had a saying in the marine corps you're always on duty you're never off and uh, as a veteran service officer i'm never off duty so i spend a lot of my evenings and i'm not going to call it time off my away from office time uh i always have business cards in my wallet in my pocket i see a veteran at costco or walmart 
uh, getting gas at the gas station and uh, I walk up to him. I see Kootenai County license plates on there and if I'm not sure if, if it's Kootenai County or not, I walk up and I give him my business card and say, hey, if you have any needs, please give me a call. Do you have any final thoughts that you'd like to share with the veterans who are listening? If you are a veteran and know of a veteran out there that needs services, unless you're licensed and trained, try not to be an advocate. Send them to the right people. Um, I, you know, I, of course, I love my fellow veterans, but sometimes my fellow veterans uh, uh, don't understand all the rules and the laws because this is all about regulations. And so they can, our fellow veterans can set, set up a, a wrong expectation when they come to the office. And so oftentimes I'm trying to fix that wrong expectation and get the, and get the veteran the services that I can provide within the law. Um, so that's big picture. Um, we have some things going on, property taxes right now uh, for those veterans who are 100% service connected or those veterans who are low income, the state has property tax relief. And then the, the third thing uh, is the PACT Act is all the buzz in the community right now. The PACT Act was signed back in July and is law. It expanded Agent Orange coverage for those veterans who were exposed to Agent Orange herbicides outside of Vietnam to include Guam and Thailand, for example. And uh, now there are 19 presumptive conditions in addition, uh, the PACT Act added a whole bunch of presumptive conditions for those veterans who served in the Middle East. Uh, to be exact, there are 33 pres uh, presumptive conditions for airborne and burn pit exposures, and that was huge. So now our veterans who served in the Persian Gulf region now have some coverage for all those uh, exposures and the conditions that those exposures caused. You know, I know several <clears throat> friends who've uh, sent in a request or were, were asking for some assistance. Mm -hmm. and, and they were promised, uh, well, yeah, we'll get to you, we'll get to you. And it just seems like it, it's, it never really happens. And um, sometimes, I mean, getting a congressman involved could be uh, maybe beneficial in, in unsticking a, 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 a wheel that's not turning appropriately. But I guess that would be referred to as political advocacy. Is that an area where your office can help veterans? So, so yes, our, our veterans can reach out to their elected officials uh, for assistance. And that's one of the reasons why our elected officials exist. Uh, you know, sometimes the bureaucracy um, or the laws, you know, people fall in the cracks or the system for whatever reason is failing them. And uh, whatever it is they're trying to accomplish gets stuck, for, for lack of better words, in Oftentimes, our elected officials can can reach out and, and get things moving again, kind of grease the skids. Well, you know, not to play inside baseball here, but the, the, the Veterans Council, uh, they have representatives from the, the congressman and the senator's offices. Yes, they, and, and the governor's office as well. And uh, uh, also our commissioners uh, do attend that meeting. And I'm also a representative of the commissioners to the council. So... If there's something that's brought up that I feel needs to be brought to the attention of the commissioners, I, I will I will bring that up if they're not in attendance. Well, Tom, I really appreciate you coming on the program. No, oh, thank you very much for having me here. I look forward to, to coming back. Perfect. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you have enjoyed the episode, please click the subscribe button and get notified when new episodes are published. 
Please take a moment to share these episodes with a friend. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or have something to share with the community, please email info at theveteransclub.org.